Hello, everyone. Welcome to our GearHouse Happy Hour. It is December 3rd, and we are really, really stoked to have a guest with us today. Chap, how about you go ahead and uh, introduce our guest, Delaney? Yeah, so we are so, so lucky, you guys. We got Delaney Paulus back today for round two of GearHouse Happy Hour. We are so excited. We've got her with her science hippie blog and podcast. She's got a going to talk to us a little bit more about wilderness survival therapy and her experience with bringing lots of people into the outdoor space. But I'll let kind of Delaney maybe start talking and introduce herself because she's right here with us. Hi, Delaney. Thanks for being here. Hi, Chef. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm Delaney. Uh, I am from the rural parts of Oregon, uh, although I've been mostly living out of Utah for the last year. Uh, and I've been working in, I've described it as primitive survival wilderness therapy. Um, and it's kind of a niche part of the wilderness therapy aspect. Uh, and it was a really amazing experience. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been working in. I've been guiding in southern Utah out of Escalante for over a year. And now I'm starting to work up in Park City. Um, but yeah. I'm so pretty stoked about all of my experience that I've gotten to have in wilderness therapy um, and kind of the life that led me to it um, and how yeah. I've been able to help people through it. So No, that's, that's really awesome, Delaney. And one of the things that you mentioned is that you've done this service, getting people outside and getting people really excited about going outside for a number of different age groups. Do you, do you have a favorite? Can you pick a favorite? Is there a favorite age group you like working with? Ooh. Or least favorite. Or least favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, good question. Um, that's, oh, I like working with all ages, but I guess it would depend on the activity. Uh, sure. For skiing and snowboarding, I like to work with toddlers. I know yeah. most don't, but I love it. They just like they're they're so funny. With, with um, the but leash, then right? with the little huh? harness leash or a little yeah, bit. with their little leashes and their little edgy wedgies. That's <laughs> um. But also, uh, as far as the wilderness therapy aspect goes, I really I worked with a lot of teenagers, um, yeah. middle school to high school, and that's an age group that you know is kind of hard uh, to work with, but. In all honesty, I really enjoyed working with them. Um, they're so, cool. teenagers are so, they're young adults. They're yeah. sassy. They're, yeah. they say some of the funniest things. They don't necessarily like have the full picture of the world yet. So <laughs> sometimes they like say these things that you're like, wait a minute, that's not actually how it works, but that was a hilarious observation. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's super true. That's a great answer. And um, I guess... One of the things that I want to know, Delaney, is is there maybe one story that you want to share about a really rewarding experience you've had doing this or something really valuable that you learned through this experience about your relationship with the outdoors or with how you can better help people experience the outdoors? Yeah, um, I would say I can't I can't necessarily go into a lot of detail about sure. like things that relate to specific clients therapeutic process but I would say something that I observed pretty frequently out there that was really um beautiful and kind of reaffirming to me as to why I was in this industry was um you would see these kids come into the program who were just 
you know, from, you know, New York, New York, or somewhere like big, big city, concrete jungle type area, um, swear they never like the outdoors, they hate hiking, they hate everything about the outdoors, um, especially the desert, such an ugly area, quite often yeah. been told that. Um, and then you, you can only tell them so much that it's how beautiful it is before like you're, you're kind of, it's not necessarily a lost cause, but you have to just kind of stop because the only way for them to see it is for them to experience it. And then you see this like click within a few days of they're yeah. like, holy cow, I feel so much better out here. And, right. and I've had clients who point blank would like came up to me after three days. I had told them on their first day when they arrived, I was like, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to probably be detoxing from, you know, whatever. Right. And uh, this is what that's going to probably feel like out here. It's okay to let us know. But also I want you to know, don't be scared because after you know, so many days, your REM cycle is going to like reset and kick back in and you're going to start having memories come back that you've never had before. And you're going to start feeling better, even though some of these memories may not be better, but you're going to start be, you're going to start feeling better. And then I, it got like to a point where I was like able to predict this right. like, pretty much most of the kids, um, depending on, you know, what they had gone through and they'd be like, yep, okay, yeah, it took, you know, three days, it took a week, it took a couple weeks. And you can start to see this light appear in their eyes, the longer they're out there, and the more that they like, work on themselves and work through whatever trauma they've been through or whatnot. And you see this, like, it sounds cheesy, but it is this light that appears, their eyes just are brighter, their skin is glowing, yeah. their like, their smile is bigger. And and I'm like kind of getting goosebumps just describing because I can see the faces of so many kids that I've worked with that I've seen this happen to. And, and it's such a beautiful experience. And forever those kids are, they're able to connect with nature. And sometimes they might, for, might forget that like, you know, nature's there for them to come back to heal to, but they still like forever know that they do have that feeling that they can come back to when they go into right. nature where right. they can genuinely glow and feel good. That's, so. that's so awesome, Delady. And you gave me goosebumps too. I can imagine <laughs> it as well. And while I, I don't have the, the wilderness survival therapy background that you do, I know that I love taking people out rock climbing when people are like, <laughs> Hey, I don't ever want to go rock climbing. It makes me more encouraged to want to give them that experience and to at least let oh, them yeah. it. Because that light, I know that light. And I think my whole team has done mm -hmm. things and seen that light go off in people. And that yeah. bringing that joy, that experience of the outdoors, we're all very much in alignment with. Brian, did you, did you have something to add? Yeah, well, just as you were talking to, as you were talking to Lainey and, and you as well, Chap, it just made me think of, you know, kind of, a, I guess, a change of heart that happens with, with, these, with these people over a period of time where they're so, so dead set on, on hating whatever it is, whether it's rock climbing, whether it's the outdoors in general. And then it mm -hmm. just takes a couple of days for them to kind of realize and have that change of heart into, into realizing kind of where they are, how special it is and whatnot. Yeah. No, that's, that's funny that you say that, Brian, because there's actually at the program I was, I was working at, a pendant that we would give some of the kids was called heart change. 
and it was a pendant that they could earn if they like if they kind of just changed their attitude towards something like whether it was their parents or being there in the wilderness program or whatever they could earn a heart change pendant and that's essentially what our program was working for was that's like cool. we didn't we didn't want to change people's behavior by punishing them right at all so the program i worked for we don't we don't punish the kids we did not punish them there were natural consequences because right. if you don't prepare for like a snowstorm when you're in a survival based program there's going to be consequences and then at that point us guides step in to create a safer situation right. and teach them like look this could have been avoided but like we want to create a genuine heart change in, at least at the program i was working at we want to create a genuine heart change I, I really, I, I love that. And so for everybody that doesn't know Delaney, will you give the three, four sentence, simple explanation of wilderness survival therapy? How do you define, how do you define that category? Um, I would say I, I define that category as a, a, a portion of the wilderness therapy sector that intentionally puts your brain back into its survival instincts cool. um, to reset it cool. basically and there's actually a lot of research that shows just going outside in general whether or not you're putting yourself into survival situations still kind of induces your brain into the natural animalistic um traits that it wants to express Sure. Which, because as humans, we're animals. And so it, and it does help improve like your frontal cortex and memory and, and behavior, like your choices you make in your behavior and stuff like that. So um, I, I would define wilderness survival therapy as being the aspect or the portion of the industry that is intentionally trying to induce your brain into some, a more intense survival state. That's so that's really interesting. And I know I can see my team nodding their heads and getting all excited. So <laughs> I, Brian, I think has something, it looks like Brian and Sam are both ready to contribute. So bring it on. You yeah, you, you can, you can tell whenever we unmute our, unmute our mic, we're listening super intently. And then when we have something to say, each of us will, will unmute our mics. But <laughs> what this is, what this is making me think of in just kind of wilderness survival, uh, wilderness survival therapy in general, you, you talk about kind of that survival instinct. It sounds kind of like kind of fight or flight without the ability to, you know, without the ability mm -hmm. to flee the situation, you're kind of forced yeah. to, to kind of find those, those inner, you call them kind of the, the animalistic survival instincts mm -hmm. that we all have. And, and that's what that kind of made me, made me think yeah. of was you're just required because of, of where you are and the situation that you're in to kind of look inward and fight whatever's, whatever's going on. And then, and then yeah. come out on the other side. And yeah, Sam, exactly. Sam, what are you thinking? Oh, I was just going to say it kind of makes me feel like um, that maybe they're trying, they're starting to learn some of these like self-regulation um, skills that really kind of carry you throughout your adult life where you learn that you can't express yourself or behave in certain situations in ways that like could potentially put you in a detrimental situation. And so it kind of is helping build you up for these real life situations that might not be like in such a controlled environment. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's really awesome Delaney and what you're sharing is certainly resonating and we all, 
Really appreciate it. You mentioned that there's a bunch of research coming out. If we wanted to, to share some of that research through our community, we'd love to do that. Do you have that handy? Is it on your website? Is it? Um, yeah. So I haven't put them on my website yet, but I did get all of, I did write everything down so that I can like compile a resource. Uh, but fantastic. there is, um, there is a really cool doctor out of Oakland, California. And this was, I think another aspect of the wilderness therapy stuff that, um, you were maybe mentioning earlier is like the nature RX stuff where it's okay. not necessarily wilderness therapy and it's not necessarily, um, like yeah so it's just not necessarily wilderness therapy it's more so a doctor being like okay you need to get outside for x amount of time a day and then there's um a few other companies out there that are doing programs where you can essentially advertise yourself as a guide um right. a nature rx guide um cool. to so people can book you out hourly to go on these hikes if their doctors are prescribing them that's stuff like that that's really awesome. And you said this is a doctor in California. Yeah, there's a doctor in California who's actually really worked hard on in Oakland. She's worked really hard. Her name's a uh, Rosini, Dr. Rosini. And she has a really cool TED talk called Prescribing Nature. Um, and then she also was recently on a PBS uh, little segment about her programs, but she's doing a lot with um, working with bringing the wilderness to low income cool. groups um, for m preventative health and treatment um, for like ADHD and stuff like that in kids. And they've actually, through her work, as well as a few other companies work, there's now ways, I just learned this, so I'm super stoked on it. There's now um, the national park system and various types of public land programs and state parks and stuff are creating reimbursement systems for healthcare um, providers wow. who are providing nature. Wow. So That's they're like reimbursing for like park fees and stuff like that if dang. people are getting prescribed nature. That's amazing. What a what a breakthrough. And dang, yeah. talking about Dr. Rosini. Oh, thanks, Brian, for spell checking it. I didn't know how to spell it. Um, but I could be the poster child for her work because I am an ADHD boy saved by nature because it's yep. the only way that I was able to get through any of my functional young adult life. And so yeah. it, it, I can't, it can't more personally stand behind the value of that sort of work. So that's really cool. Thanks for sharing. We'll definitely get all of that in the show notes. And so Delaney, will you share your website, your podcast, right now so that as you develop those resources she already has a bunch of amazing stuff on her website right now a bunch of learning educational resources about getting out into the outdoors but i'll let her go into a little bit more depth and share the website with you so you can follow along yeah so my website is www.thescienceHippie.com, and hippie is spelled h-i-p-p-y um and uh then my instagram for the podcast is the science hippie podcast and then just my personal instagram where i post a lot more of my just general adventures and kind of my reflections on life is dirtbag x delaney and delaney is spelled d-e-l-a-n-e-y everybody go follower we actually got linked up because she was asking about 
used gear resources. She was mm -hmm. posting in a co common forum. She said, hey, where you guys know anywhere to get used gear? We started talking and found that we, we kind of had a lot in common and had a very similar mindset and mission of what we were trying to accomplish. So yeah. this, this is, I mean, like we said, Delaney, all of us are hanging on your every word. I, I kind of want to open it up to everybody before we move on from the wilderness therapy, wilderness survival therapy topic. Do any of you guys, does anybody that's watching have any questions? Make sure to be asking because I know Delaney loves talking about this. I, I would just start by saying to anybody that's that's interested, definitely go and check out the her personal Instagram. She's posted some really, really cool and, and moving and motivating stories there. I was I was kind of browsing it today as, as I was doing some prep for some prep for this, but um, it was it was really, really cool to see a lot of the stories that you were sharing there and, and a lot of especially a lot of the comments. It seems like there there are people in the in the comments that are, are really, really kind of taking to to what you're saying and and a lot of it's uh, it's it's a really cool community that you have growing there thank you i appreciate it carter chris you guys got got anything on, on your mind that you want to pose to delaney while we're looking for everyone else yeah i mean you probably get asked this a lot but i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on either the favorite place that you've ever provided therapy for people or just like favorite spot that you've you know lived in or stayed at for a maybe you know extended period of time more than just a drop-in because um, it seems like you've kind of been all over the place so it'd be interesting <laughs> to hear what kind of your top spots were yeah um well okay I would say I was actually reflecting on this the other day um actually it was last night uh, my favorite place I think I would say I've ever given any sort of therapeutic value to someone's life is um it was it was the same shift there was uh a moment under this all happened in the same shift it was a really cool moment we were in a really cool part of the field in escalante um but there was a uh there's this rock in the grand staircase escalante that's just right off one of the roads and when you sit under the rock and you look up, there's these pictographs that are underneath this overhang. So they've been protected by weather. And there's just these pictographs of like this ancient humanoid figure on there and stuff like that. And that was like, that was an area where one of my clients chose to like open up to something, open up about something to me. And I just remember like, I don't know, there was just like this whole magical aura about that area in general. And then we hiked a couple miles further to our camp. And then we went into this huge outcropping and we were camped about half a mile from this spot. Um, so we just did a day hike to it. And it was like this outcropping of the sandstone where it kind of overhung into a slight little cave. Uh, and there's these three ancient indigenous corn silos. Cool. right there stone corn silos just crumbling there was um a petroglyph which the difference i don't know if people know the difference between pictograph and petroglyph pictograph is essentially painted petroglyph is like carved huh. basically i actually didn't i did not know the difference to that thank you for yeah. that. that's one of many things you've taught me today thank you delaney yeah it's it's cool um but yeah so there is a, a petroglyph of what looks like a snake but is actually the um, map of the wash 
that the indigenous people of that time when that had been carved in there. That's um, so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And then there's, so there was the, the corn silos, this huge black smoke looking thing coming off of the cave. That was uh, where they had like their big firing pit for Great. cooking foods and stuff. It was, it was like a, it had like a ring around it too, as if it was a stone fire. Um, and then to the right of that, there was this giant boulder with seven like perfectly like divoted spots where they wow. had grinded the corn. And then there were these mini little corn cobs Dang. all over. And That's it was so cool. And someone had an old ammo can box there with a ge little geocache, you know, to sign in and stuff. And a historian had gone through and written out the history. So we were able to um, not only just have some really cool conversations about just indigenous culture in general, but um, and like therapy, but also the actual history and teach them the actual history from a park ranger who had come there and like written handwritten all of the wow. history of that spot that's really really amazing what a what a beautiful place and that's in Escalante right yeah and that's really in the Grand Staircase um and then I I guess the, some of the coolest places I've camped would probably be out in Escalante um off of some cliff sides uh but on my own personal adventures um, edge of the world. I know I maybe shouldn't say that out loud because so many people, so many locals will be like, don't, don't tell people, but <laughs> it's really hard to get to. So if you don't have the proper vehicles and stuff, don't try, but, uh, edge of the world outside of Flagstaff <laughs> or yeah. head towards Sedona. Good to, was good, awesome. good, I feel like I know more or less what you're talking about. That whole Flagstaff area is amazing. Carter, what's up? You got something? Yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to say, like, uh, so my career path was going to go one of two ways right before I started working with Reroute, and the other way was exactly what you're doing. Um, oh, nice. But I, don't, I didn't come talk about myself. The point I'm trying to make is that, like, if anybody has any, like, if, if you think it's a little bit interesting, like, I thought about doing something like that for years and years and years, and it took me, like, being around people who did it a lot realize that it was a thing I could do but it's something that you can do and it's really good for a lot of people so like if you're interested in it I don't know if you want people emailing you but at least go like you know go look it up and you could start doing it follow around yeah. Instagram. yeah no for sure I've had that's another thing we were talking uh before we went live on this about like there's a lot of people asking me about my teardrop and off-grid living stuff but there's also a e pretty equal amount of people asking me how I got into yeah. wilderness therapy and especially the like primitive skills aspect of wilderness therapy. So yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions uh, about how people got into it. So that's, questions. that's super awesome, Delaney. We really appreciate oh, you. I'll mute myself. Sorry. <laughs> I need to, he, he just drank all of his water. <laughs> <laughs> the dog, the dog's ready. The dog's ready to be let out of the Denver apartment. Um, <laughs> No, Delaney, that's super awesome and really thoughtful. And I, I appreciate you sharing all you did. Um, I guess if you had to sum up the content that you're going to find on the Science Hippie blog, how would you sum that up? I would sum it up as mostly outdoor education, science, and mental health okay 
That's awesome. That's a great, great answer. So definitely go check it out. Do you have guests on your Science Hippie podcast? I do. I actually have some really cool guests coming up. Um, I've been holding off on recording the episode with them until I'm in Salt Lake. But um, we've got uh, Olympic skier Mark Engel coming on. Um, And we're actually going to be talking about uh, kind of the flow zone and mental health and like kind of what it was like becoming an Olympic athlete. But a lot about like mental health wilderness therapy, too. Uh, But also he's researching it and studying it at the University of Utah. So where can we find your podcast? Um, the Science Hippie Podcast on Instagram, as okay. well as on all major streaming platforms. <laughs> Easy. We can all find that. We'll make sure our people get a link to that because that sounds awesome. We all can't wait to hear. What's his name? Mark Engel? Yeah, Mark Engel. Um, and then there's a couple other people too, um, that are going to be coming on. Got a few other athletes, um, and then a bunch of scientists. So pretty stoked. That sounds like a great lineup. That's awesome. I'm planning on when you, whenever you come on our podcast, I'm planning on asking you a bunch of questions about your teardrop trailer, but tell us just a tiny bit about that in our, in our kind of remaining five minutes here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so my family and I renovated a 1946 teardrop trailer, original from California. So it's like one of the original ones. Um, and it's, it's super cute. Her name's Gertrude, Gertie for short. Um, (laughs) uh, she's still got like, of course, with any tiny living situation, you're always up like redoing things, but, um, I want to completely have her sightings be in aluminum she was originally all aluminum but she was rotting out pretty bad so we upcycled what we could from the original aluminum found some new stuff and then we just vinyl the sides for now but um yeah it's awesome i have solar hookups for her she's great it was the smartest thing i i have ever done as a guide is provide a little space like that for myself because when you're a wilderness guide and you're working like two weeks straight and then two weeks off, there's no point in renting a house. Yeah. And then like, if you're living out of your car, it's just super unstable and you don't actually feel like you ever have a home or anywhere stable. So yeah, it was a really good move. <laughs> that, that was a great answer, Delaney. You're awesome. And that's, I guess- aw- that's awesome. So I, I laughed about that because uh, my my dad wanted to name my sister Gertrude and call her Gertie. And my, my mom wanted to name my sister Allison and call her Allison. So her name is Allison and we call her Nice. So, but that was, that was number two on the list was Gertrude and Gertie. That's nice. Awesome. Nice. Love that. I love that name though. It's, it's a name. great name. Sam. I was just going to say that our best friend has a dog named Gertrude and we definitely call her Gertie and she's the cutest. <laughs> I wish I could pop a photo up of dear old little Gertie. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously, Delaney, this has been really, really awesome. You're so such a special person and you got so many cool things that you're doing and working on and you know so much. We're really, really grateful. I guess I would say before we go, anybody that's watching, anybody that's here, do you have one, maybe two last small, short questions for Delaney before we wrap this up? We want to say thank you. You guys are, you, she's awesome. Everybody go check her out. 
Dirtbag X Delaney on Instagram, Science Hippie Podcast on Instagram, all major streaming platforms, www.thesciencehippie.com. Right, Delaney? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then all of those are spelled with a Y, not an IE. So if there's Sam. Oh, I was just going to say that you had a shout out from Mary O'Hare. Oh. And she awesome. said, Delaney, she's a badass. Just oh, so I love Mary. <laughs> just, I just thought I'd give you your shout out. She's, she's someone that I worked with uh, at the wilderness program. And she's, yes. she's down there doing some transport stuff too. She's, she's also a badass. She worked up at a, she's been helping a program up in Alaska get started. So. Sweet. That's um, really cool. Sorry, we did just get one question. Chat. I didn't mean to Bring it on. Read it out loud. Uh, say thanks Delaney um this is from Lodi will your therapy ever be covered by insurance Ooh. uh so there's actually been a lot of uh improvement in the last few years about insurance covering wilderness therapy more so it is still an uphill battle but it there has been a lot more um companies that are willing to cover some uh if not all depending on your insurance of wilderness therapy um, but it is something that I've also, I've thought a lot about on how maybe I can help advocate um, for wilderness therapy programs and the research coming out around it to insurance companies. So that's, I, I know it's a lot bigger question than we have time to dig into. I guess as you're considering your advocacy, how could somebody that's interested in figure, in helping with that maybe get started? Um, I would say uh, if someone's interested in really advocating for wilderness therapy and the research behind it. Um, really maybe looking into your local communities and seeing if um, there is any programs that are focused on helping get people outside. And if not, maybe talking to community, your community about um, like city organizations. Usually they do have some sort of way to get kids or youth outside, but um, really just advocating in your own personal personal communities I, that's a huge thing for any I think any industry topic right now is creating that change in your own communities for people to understand the importance of something like this so yeah. that there's a stronger foundation and platform for when stuff does get pushed to bigger companies like insurance companies or legislation and stuff like that so that what what a great answer i thought that was going to be a much more uh i thought you nailed it you nailed it that was amazing. <laughs> i just have an add-on to that question just because we're on the topic do you know if off the top of your head if there are any nonprofits out there that are working to get people into these programs and if there are nonprofits, do you know the names of them so people could, could potentially like go and look at those nonprofits to seek finding maybe some financial assistance and getting the help if their insurance doesn't cover it? Um, yeah, uh, there's, I'm not entirely sure about nonprofits off the top of my head, but I do know um, sometimes the wilderness therapy companies have scholarships cool. uh, to, that you can apply for. Uh, I know that the program I was working at in Southern Utah, they're now branching off into they're going to still be the same company, but they're moving their adult program up to Moab. Um, so it's kind of splitting off into a different sector, but, um, we have, we had scholarships, especially for adult programs, because that tends to be the demographic that, um, really struggles the most with getting financial help for 
um, rehab basically sure. as adults. Um, so we had scholarships for adults. I'm not entirely sure about kids, but I do know that there are, um, depending on like, I know there's programs through, depending on like your racial demographic, uh, that enable you to get help in access to wilderness therapy, um, through like tribes or stuff like that. Um, so I know there's some loopholes, but it's very, very niche loopholes. Sure. Um, and yeah, there's, if I find any more resources for that, I'll gladly send them your guys' way so you can help spread that word. But, yes, um, please. right now it's, it's like a, it's an interesting dynamic, but that's what I'm trying to change. Um, however, actually, yeah, scratch that, that though, just popped a brain. Um, there is, I just found a nonprofit in Northeast Oregon that I'm actually applying to. Um, but they are the Wallawa, uh, Wallawa Valley Health Center, I believe, Resource Center. Um, but they're a nonprofit that is, they are working on bringing more uh, community youth organizations to their little community outdoors. And it's a very tiny, I don't know if you guys have heard of like Willow Lake, Oregon or anything, but it sounds a, great. Can we find it's a, link a cute little pocket? If you, if you like this mural in the background, you'll definitely like Willow Lake. Sweet. We, well, can somebody find a link to that? Cause that sounds fantastic and exactly on point. Oh, we got it. It's here. It's in the, it's in the zoom link. So that's great news. Um, all right. So Sam, you got more? I did. I had another question. I'm sorry. We're sorry, Delaney. Thank you. For no, you're fine. Uh, yeah, sorry. We're running over a little. I just thought it would be super beneficial for anybody who's listening to this and is like considering because you did bring up um, the word rehab and I didn't necessarily immediately connect that with wilderness therapy. And so if it if it's a it's could be construed as like a form of rehab, um, are there like restrictions on like what the person was potentially like using at the time and the reason that they're going to this rehab. Like I know that I just was wondering if there, what type of um, boundaries or restrictions there are just so people know if they're looking into as this is an option that that. Yeah. Um, I'm not, so our, the program I worked at was actually formally um, categorized under addiction treatment uh and i know that we didn't necessarily deny any specific type of addiction we worked from everything from all types of drug addictions to technology addiction and and sex addiction and stuff but they um they we don't like if you're obviously coming down or detoxing they want you to do that in a safe environment and it's not safe for you to do it in the wilderness. So that would be, I think the only restraint necessarily is you would have to detox somewhere. Um, and then, and typically too, um, it's actually wilderness therapy programs that are required for people to go to before they go to like a therapeutic boarding school or something like that. So regardless if they're struggling with addiction. Um, so we're okay. kind of like we don't necessarily deny anybody there is like a specific demographic when it turns to like the mental health aspect of like we don't work with a certain antisocial personality disorder or something like that like it's it's usually more so in this is sorry i'm like stumbling over my words it's more so about the um 
mental health things that you'd be treating instead of the trauma and addiction. Right. It's kind of, it's almost like they're distinct. You'd have distinct entities that would do different things. It's not like you're getting restricted anywhere. It's more about just picking the right program for what Mm -hmm. you're looking for. Right. Yeah. Is that, yeah. And that's a good point, Chap, that I think probably should be mentioned is there's different types of wilderness therapy programs. There's like mine, which is, or not mine, but the one I was working for, that was, um, it's more so it's non-punitive. There's no punishments. There's no, um, it's all natural consequences, nothing. And then you have different therapeutic programs, like what is commonly referred to as B-mods, which is behavior modifications. And the best way to describe a BMOD program is essentially like if you join the military. The military is the world's largest BMOD program. Right. So it's it's more so punishments to behaviors yeah. and getting you to obey rather than, in my own opinion, this is how I have right. viewed it, is BMODs tend to teach you more so how to how to obey and not so much as to how to actually change and become yeah. better. That makes that that makes a lot of sense, and that's a really nice clarification. So make sure you're doing thoughtful research about the programs you're picking. And I know we kept everybody, including Miss Delaney, way too long. So <laughs> thank you so much, Delaney. Cheers. We really, really appreciate you. You're so mm-hmm. awesome, and I know everybody learned so much. We could have you talking for six hours, I think, and people would still be interested. I appreciate you having me on. It's always fun talking to you guys. Cool. Check out, check, make sure to check out all of Delaney's stuff and check out her podcast. Also keep paying attention to our podcast because Delaney will be on it sometime down the road here. We're really, really excited to have an extended conversation with her uh, over there as well. Thank you, Delaney. Yeah, thank you.